With Bibi Netanyahu out and Naftali Bennett in as prime minister, what challenges may lie ahead for the new Israeli government? Bennett leads a coalition of political parties with divergent views, including the Islamist Arab party, Ra'am. Netanyahu has pledged to bring the new government down. Will he succeed or might it collapse on its own? Well, here to share some insights is the former mayor of Shiloh, David Rubin. Mr. Rubin is author of the new book, Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel. David, it's good to talk with you again, and I, I want to discuss your new book, but first it seems all these divergent groups were united in ousting Bibi Netanyahu, but how long will Bennett be able to keep a government coalition like this one together? Well, I would say that it will be longer than people expect. And the reason for that is that even though everyone is saying, well, the only glue holding together this government is, is anti-Bibi, anti-Netanyahu, and, and that once Netanyahu is out, so there's nothing to hold them together. Well, the only thing that can hold them together is that they know that Netanyahu is still around. He's still the head of the opposition, and he's still going to be fighting uh, quite strongly to bring down this government. And Israelis, and, David, Israelis seem to be quite divided over politics, but when there's danger, a threat like the recent 4,000 rockets launched by Hamas against them, uh, your society comes together. So what lies ahead for Israel? More danger from Hamas in Gaza and Hezbollah on Israel's northern border or what? Well, I don't know if you realize it, but what you just pointed out with those two questions, they're very closely linked. There is nothing that is more likely to bring down the Bennett-Lapid government than rocket attacks on Israel. If there is another barrage of 4,000 rocket attacks on Israel, then the government will fall. Why do I say that? Because you have Bennett, who's, who's a, a right-leaning candidate. In fact, the, the name of his party is Yamina, uh, which 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 means to the right. Yeah, right. And and he has in his coalition forty one out of sixty one members who are who are leftists or who are members of the the Arab party. And that Arab party is a pro Hamas party. It's an Islamic, uh, vehemently Islamic party. And they support Hamas, they support terrorism. So what happens when 4,000 Hamas rockets start falling on Israel? Uh, the, Bennett will want to respond strongly. The Ram party, the, that Arab party, uh, will be very, very angry and will be under tremendous pressure uh, to resign from the government. Once they resign from the government, there is no government. So, David, in your opinion, did those rockets come from Gaza because Hamas was trying to influence post-election politics in Israel, or was no, it because of a no. perceived lack of support for Israel on the part of the U.S.? Well, it was, it's a combination of factors. Uh, first of all, let me say this. Hamas doesn't base its, its um, rocket attacks on Israeli politics. Uh, they did it now because they were getting messages from Washington 
that it's okay to launch terrorist attacks. True. Joe Biden didn't get on the phone to the Hamas leaders and say, launch terrorist attacks. But Joe Biden restored hundreds of millions of dollars that had been cut off by President Trump from the Palestinians because they were paying terrorists every single month. They were paying salaries to terrorists every single month. And, you know, as a terror victim myself, and, you know, I, I was wounded in a terrorist attack along with my three-year-old son who was shot in the head. As terror victims, we know every single month those terrorists were getting salaries. Trump cut that off. Biden restored it unconditionally. And when you restore hundreds of millions of dollars unconditionally, then that tells the message, that sends a very clear message, a green light to do whatever they want. And Hamas did whatever they want, 4,000 rocket attacks. Now, if the rocket attacks are resumed, this government will fall. Uh, however, I don't think that they're going to resume the rocket attacks so fast because uh, they, they, they're unable to right now. Their, their stock, stockpile has been depleted somewhat. And, and they agreed to this ceasefire. They wanted this ceasefire. They, they asked for this ceasefire because uh, they need to re replenish their supplies and they need to restock. In your new book, you talk about what Americans can learn from Israel. What's the biggest Correct. lesson for us to learn? All right. First of all, in Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel, I talk about how it's important to learn from Israel's successes, but also mistakes. Okay, we're an ancient nation. Okay, we've been through slavery, persecution, mass slaughter, uh, but also a lot of success, including the return to our ancient country 2,000 years after our exile, and all according to prophecy, by the way. Uh, but but that, that did happen, and, and it's very real, and there's a lot to learn from us, from our successes and from our mistakes. So, uh, so it's important to understand this central lesson that keys into what we've been speaking about, which is that you do not appease terrorists. You don't appease terrorists by agreeing to a ceasefire uh, when, you're, when you are on the offensive. You don't appease terrorists when they're trying to bring down your country. And this applies to America as well, and the assaults from the radical left that we've been seeing over the past couple of years in America. So thousands of years of lessons from Israel. The book is Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel. David Rubin, thanks for sharing your insights. We appreciate you. Thank you, Gary.